Good morning. Uh, it is indeed a delight and joy to, to be with you and to be uh, with my friend and colleague, uh, uh, Reverend Doug, uh, and this congregation to worship with you. And I've not just been sitting over there waiting to, to preach, but uh, I have been uh, worshiping God. I've been singing a song. Sometimes I had to sing them uh, sitting down because I have a knee that's giving me some pain this morning, but I'm here and not going to claim it or own it. Uh, but it's a joy to be with you. I, I've known of this church since I, um, I have uh, been in ministry in and, and, and North Texas. And uh, believe me, without exaggeration, you have a tremendous, wonderful, uh, powerful reputation as a great witness for Jesus Christ. Now, y'all just looking at me, and I just got through bragging on you. Uh, your pastor and I have been uh, friends for uh, uh, a long time, and we've been in some, some strange places together. One I'm, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to tell you about because I don't know if you might get the real context, but uh, I remember, remember back in 2006, we traveled to Seoul, Korea together uh, for the World Methodist Conference, and we shared a room together for a week, a little over a week. And I don't know if you remember, 1988, 1988, Louisville, uh, Kentucky, we were at the General Conference of the United Methodist Church, and, and, and all of us were fairly young in our ministry, and, uh, you know, our resources were fairly meager, so it was about five or six of us, and we got one big room together, and we're, and we're, we're all uh, strong, healthy uh, faith-believing men and of God <laughs> who had to share beds together. <laughs> so, 1988, your, your pastor and I, uh, and, and, and we're, we're full-blooded men, uh, slept in a bed together all week long. <laughs> I know how I could get that out there, and you all understand it, but uh, <laughs> it's out there now. <laughs> You keep on telling that story. I don't understand that. <laughs> uh, so that was in 1988, but 2006, that's uh, uh, about 30 years later, we were able to get a bed of peace. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, uh, the text has uh, been read uh, for a hearing uh, from Habakkuk, the, the, the third chapter. Verses 17 through 19. I, it's, it's been a while. Let me just uh, read them again. Uh, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vine, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the field yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will join the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk on my high heels. God, we thank you for your word, which is not an ancient word, but a relevant word, a word that is applicable for whatever we may experience this day. God, we thank you for your word revealed to us in the Holy Scriptures and for your word revealed to us through the person of Jesus Christ. And I pray now your blessings upon the preaching of your word, not for fame, not for reputation, but that someone might believe and do likewise. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts 
be acceptable in thy sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. I'd like to speak to us uh, today from uh, the subject, a sure confidence in God during difficult times. I, I like every word in that title, a sure confidence, not wavering, not, not uncertainty, no doubt, but a sure confidence in God during difficult times. I don't know about you, but I've been on my journey long enough to know that anybody can be faithful to God when everything is working out all right. <laughs> if it's nothing I've learned on my journey is I've learned that anybody can be faithful to God when everything is all right. When, like it is in Texas, when the unemployment rate is lower than the national rate, when the stock market is soaring and our 401ks are doing well, when, when our children behave according to our greatest imagination for them, anybody can be faithful to God when things are working out all right. Okay, I come, back, I come from a tradition where it's all right to talk back to me. <laughs> but I'm talking about can we be faithful to God when the unemployment rate goes up and we might get the pink slip ourselves? When the stock market is spiraling downward as it did several years ago and, and we lose a great portion of our, our portfolio and when our children get on our last nerve, can we be faithful to God during these times? Habakkuk comes with all of the calamities that have taken place in the life of Israel. And not just one calamity, but it's almost like whatever could go wrong goes wrong. Listen, he said, though the fig tree may not blossom, that's one thing that's not good, nor fruit be on the vine, though the labor of the olive may fail, that's straight, and the fields yield no food, and though the, the flock be cut off, and there be no herd in the stall, that's one thing after another thing after another thing after another that has gone wrong. And the word is he encourages Israel, and it's applicable to us today, to have an unwavering confidence in God during difficult times. <clears throat> now, I, I believe in the power of God and have confidence in the power of God, but you don't just get there from, from, from theory or, or reading a book or what your parents pass down to you, but the kind of confidence that Habakkuk offers Israel and us today comes from developing an intimate relationship with God. Stay with me. So you're not going to get there just by showing up every Sunday, and that's all your relationship with God is about. That's good. 
but, but the power, the unwavering confidence is going to come when we develop an intimate, close relationship with God. So in your devotion, in your formation, in your nurture, in your discipleship, we have to find a way that we're going to grow in our love of God and our understanding of God's grace and God's mercy, and we grow in our confidence and intimacy with God. And God will call you and me to ways of life where we can fall more in love with God. And so for me, God has called me to a life of prayer. I understand that. Uh, I'm called to get up most mornings of the week. Actually, I'm called every morning. I don't make it every morning, but most mornings. To get up and pray. I get up at 4.30 or 5 every morning, almost. I pray for that, time, for that time because Jesus often prayed in the fourth watch of the night. I adopted it for my life. So every morning at 4.35, I rise and spend time with God. And as I prayed to God and labored with God and listened to God and have, have dived into God's Word, I find myself not praying just for what I can get. Come on now, you know, there's a whole lot of prayers going around just talking about name it and claim it. But as I prayed and prayed and spent time with God, I have learned to give God back his word. And so usually when I pray, I pray God's word back to him and I find a word from God that I can stand on in all situations. I kid you not. My favorite of all of the Psalms, perhaps my favorite of all of the Scriptures, is the 27 Psalms. And it gives me so much confidence and assurance in God. The 27 Psalms. The Lord, it's a lot of verses. I'm not going to tell you all of it. I'll just let you know I know some of it. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When enemies come up against me to devour my flesh, they shall stumble and fall. The host encamps me, yet will I be confident in the Lord. One thing do I desire, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That's mine. What's yours? That's mine. And, and, and it's the word of God that God has given me. So when something is going on in life, when trouble come up against me, when Satan decides he wants to take me on, I quote my psalm and say, you want some of this, devil? Come on with your bad self. You want some of me? Now, 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 now. I'm not confident in myself. I'm confident in God, and I stand on God's Word. And His Word said, He's my light and my salvation. He's my stronghold. It says, my enemies shall fall. So when trouble come, come on with your bad self. All I'm trying to say is there has to be something in life where you can depend upon God. And so for me, when I pray, I don't just pray. I pray God's Word back to Him. Now, sometimes in life, things just you know, don't work out like we want them to work out. 
And because we live in history, we are affected by history, and there are difficult times. We know we're Christians. We know we have the faith. And so what will be our posture? What will be our character? What will be our confidence while we are waiting on God? I said you have to have some things in life where you would develop yourself, nurture yourself, so that when these problems come, you will have great confidence in God. One of the Psalms that I have learned to appreciate as I have gotten old in life, and it took me to get old in life, uh, is the 23rd Psalms. And one of the things I like about the 23rd Psalms is that as the psalmist writes the Psalms, as he prays the Psalms, he's speaking from a perspective of so much that he has gone through in life. He's been charged with things. He's been entrusted with stewardship. He's, he's defeated animals. He's defeated Goliath. Some of his own children have come against him, and God has given him victory. And then he's in a place in life where he has this perspective. You know one of the things I like today? I'm 63. I love being 63 because it gives me a perspective of life. You know when somebody tried to run something by you, been there, been there, done that. But David can, can write and say all he said because of the experiences he had with God. Now, what I'm trying to say is sometimes in the church we like to talk what we hear. Mm-hmm. Okay, y'all not with me. See, we, we like to quote what we hear everybody else says. We say, they say, uh, uh, the Lord is a lawyer who's never lost a case. That sounds good. We say he's a doctor who's never lost a patient. That sounds good. But if you hadn't been on the sick bed and written off, then you don't know that until you've been there. Come on, somebody. All right, I can do a little better than that. I'll do a little better than that. I should remember my son, is, my son Ronald Wesley Henderson, is 28 years, 26, okay, he's born in 84, 86, okay, he's 28. Mm. And I remember uh, when, when Wesley was a senior in high school and he was graduating and they had a baccalaureate service. And at, I went to the baccalaureate service, and they put a little gospel choir together, and they sang a song, I Have Come Through the Storm. And I listened to them. They say, I have come through the storm. And that means they rocked the place, y'all. And my son, Ronald Wesley Henderson, sang the solo. I mean, he's up there, you know, and he rocks the play singing, I've come through a storm. And I look back, and I thought, now, for the last 18 years, he's lived in my house. I thought for the last 18 years, he's eaten food I bought. For the last few years, he drives a car I bought, insurance I paid for, and he's singing, I've come through a storm. I'm trying to say, what storm has he been in? And, and, and I told him when he got home, I said, son, if you keep living, you'll have more than a storm. You'll have a tsunami in your life. And he was talking all the talk because he grew up in the church that he heard me talk and everybody else talk. But when he went through life, he had to learn God for himself and appreciate God for himself and trust God for himself. Now, when he sings, I come through a storm, he knows what he's talking about. 
Mm-hmm. See, God, say, say, in this text, things just got bad after worse and worse and worse. And sometimes God will allow stuff like that to happen in our lives. Not that he causes it, but he will allow it to happen. And you know what happens when those things come? We will run to God. We will grab hold of God. We will develop confidence in God. We will trust God. And we won't let God go. Hallelujah, somebody. Ah. Uh, 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 Doug uh, uh, made reference to, to my wife is not here today. She's with a child. But uh, I, I remember when, when we were dating and, and, and we went on a date, but, you know, she just, you know, she wasn't with the program. I mean, I mean she wasn't getting it, you know. She, she wasn't feeling me. And I, I just didn't know where this thing was going to go. So I put a little scheme together, Doug. I put a little scheme together, and, and, and we went to Six Flags. Mm-hmm. I got a plan, y'all. She wasn't getting it, but I had a plan. So when we went to Six Flags, Six Flags, uh, I say, what's the uh, tallest, scariest ride y'all have out here? Mm-hmm. And the guy say, it's, it's the Texas giant roller coaster. I don't, I don't like roller coasters, but he said, that's the tallest, that's the scariest. So give me two tickets. <laughs> I got a plan. And, and, and so we got on the little roller coaster, and, 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 and uh, Sandra was sitting way over on the other side, you know, and I'm sitting here. And the roller coaster started going up. And she's just sitting over there, looking all over the ground, not paying any attention to me. But I had a plan. Like, and then he got to the top, and then, then she dropped way over. And then he went around a curve, and then she grabbed hold of me. <laughs> and then he made a loop to say, don't let me go. <laughs> ah, that's what happens sometimes in life. Life will take us up and down, turn us all around. And the God that we have forsaken, we will run to him. We will grab hold of God, and we won't let God go. Hallelujah, somebody. And so Habakkuk is going through all of this. He's reminding of Israel that all that's happening, that you got to have this confidence in God because sometimes things will go wrong after another, after another, after another. I know we're Christian, but you know what? Sometimes when we're sick and we pray to get well, before we get well, sometimes we get worse. Sometimes the money might be in funny in our pocket, and we pray to God for a breakthrough, a financial breakthrough, but sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. I love the boys, and they're on hard times right now, but I believe it might get worse before it gets better. It will get better. And so when the text things don't get good right away, they get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And so since we are children of God, since we're faithful people, since we're disciples, Habakkuk reminds us to have this sure, unwavering confidence in God during difficult times. And listen to the prescription. He, he names everything that can go wrong. And then he says, yet. Will I rejoice in the Lord? Hmm. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no vine, no, 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 no olive on the vine, no herds in the stall, no crops in the field, on and on and on. And then he has a statement of faith, yet will I rejoice in the Lord? 
Where the confidence? He said, with everything that's going wrong, I'm going to worship God anyway. I'm going to be excited about God anyway. I'm going to give my best to God anyway. I'm going to be unwavering, and since I'm so unwavering, I'm just going to rejoice in the Lord anyway. I was reading in my devotion not long ago in 1 Chronicles, uh, the 21st and 22nd chapter. And, and there's an amazing story because David wanted to build the house for the Lord. He wanted to build the temple for God. And God said, because there is so much blood on your hands, since there have been so many wars, you are not going to build my house. Now, had been me, I'd, I'd have just gone had a pity party. I, I would have been upset. But you know what David said? All right, I can't build the house. I can't can't build a house. Solomon is going to build a house. Oh, but you can't stop me from contributing to what's going to happen. He said, I'll provide the best masons in all of Israel. He said, I'll provide the best stone, the best marble, the best stone cutters in all of Israel. He said, here's a million pounds of gold. Here's a thousand shekels of silver. I can't build a temple, but I can give all that I have. I can do my part. He said, I'm not going to have a pity part. I'm going to rejoice anyway. Well, what I'm trying to say, well, they won't elect you to be the, chance, the, the president of the council. Just be a part of it anyway. They might not let you sing the solo in the choir. Just sing in the choir anyway. If it doesn't go like you want it to go, just rejoice in the Lord anyway. Hey, hey, hey. I have a friend of mine, he's deceased now, he was a bishop, Cornelius Henderson, and when he was on his deathbed, and I, I just got out of ministry, I got the big head, I don't know how I got it, and, and Bishop Henderson sent for me, and he said, son, he said, it won't be long, and I'm going to the other side, and he said, I want you to do the most important thing in my service. Y'all, I got the big head, my head swole up so big, I said, oh, he's wanting me to preach the eulogy. Hmm, that's going to be nationwide funeral, and he wants me to do the eulogy. I hadn't been out of seminary but a year. And he said, but you got the most important job. And he said, I want you to be a pallbearer. <laughs> oh, yeah, y'all not getting that. I just went from eulogist to pallbearer. I said, that's all right. I'm going to be the best pallbearer there. I'm going to put on my best suit. I'm going to get my best white shirt. I'm going to get my best red tie. And when I grab it, I'm going to have a strut. I'm going to be standing tall. If I can't preach the eulogy, I'll be the best pallbearer there. What I'm trying to say, the, the son, Rebecca said, when all has gone wrong, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I won't let hard time, difficulty, trials of Satan steal my joy. I like that. When everything that can go wrong, yet I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. And then he tells why. He says, the sovereign God uh, is my strength. If you use the King James Version, New American Standard Version said the sovereign God. I like that because now he's putting an adjective modifying God. And in, in the version I read today said the Lord God of hosts is my strength. Now, with trials, with difficulties, with uncertainties, he just makes a powerful statement of affirmation. He says, the sovereign God is my Lord. The sovereign God is my strength. So when he says he's, he's the sovereign God, he has just distinguished God from everything else. 
He said, even in the midst of trials, even in the midst of storms, even in the midst of a tsunami, even in the midst of difficulty, even in the midst of one calamity after another calamity after another calamity, God is still sovereign. Oh, you're not feeling me now. Walls are caving in on me. Ceilings are coming down on me. Friends are walking out on me. And, and Habakkuk said, but God is still sovereign. God's still going to have the last word. God still rules. God still is in charge. The storm won't be the last. The devil won't have the last word because God is sovereign. Hallelujah. He, he will speak the very last word. And then he said, the sovereign God is my strength. Not my, see, so when I used to pray, I used to say, God, give me strength. God, give me strength. I used to pray, God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. God, give me help. I don't pray for that anymore. No, 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 no. You know what I pray after I read this text? I say, God, give me your strength. See, Habakkuk says, the sovereign God is my strength. I said, God, I want your strength. I want your wisdom. I want your patience. I want your will in my life. God, life is about to take me over, but be my strength because God is sovereign. Hallelujah. And so with everything that's going on, see, see, and it will help your blood pressure too. Because, you know, we're United Methodists, and we see everything that's going on. We hear everything that's going on. We hear people fouling, uh, putting together little schisms here and there. I got a word for them. The Lord God is sovereign. It's his church. He died for it. He bled for it. He got up for it. I don't care what anybody say, what anybody does. God is sovereign all by himself. And so that gives me confidence when everything that looks like it can go wrong is going wrong. He says, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. And he says, because the sovereign God is my strength. I don't know if I've gone over time or not, I don't, but uh, let me take a few more moments. And then he makes this next statement that just blows me away. Can you imagine with all of the trouble, all of the trials, all of the difficulties of Israel... And when Habakkuk says, I'm going to rejoice anyway, I'm going to dance anyway, I'm going to sing anyway, I'm going to worship anyway, because the sovereign God is my strength. And then he gives this final prescription that just looked like it doesn't make any sense at all. And so this is what God is going to do for you. He will give you the feet of a deer. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm going through all that I'm going through, and the word from Habakkuk is that he will give you the feet of a deer. I know, I don't understand it because, see, I'm, I'm, I'm an urban, suburban guy. So I don't know anything about deers and, you know, from the urban area to suburban area. So I asked some of my friends, tell, tell me why God is going to give me the feet of a deer. And he said, have you ever been deer hunting? Never been deer hunting in my life. Have you ever been around deer? Not in my life. He said, let me tell you something. He said, I go deer hunting all the time. And he said, I've never seen a deer stumble. Oh, I'm, I'm getting it now. I'm getting it now. He said, I have never seen a deer fall. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting it now. He said, no, 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 no. He said, I've seen a deer go up the rough side of the mountain. 
He said, I'm going to dare go up the slick side of the mountain when you don't even have anything to grab hold of. And he said, and the deer never stumbles. I'm getting it now. He said, I've seen the deer come down the steep slopes. I've seen the deer run down the steep slope, and the deer never stumbles. It never falls. It just jumps and smooth and strong and stable. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. What God said, during the time, I'm going to give you a confidence in me. Oh, you're not feeling me. It's tough now, but I'm going to give you a faith in me. Oh, it's difficult now. I'm going to give you something solid to stand on. Hear what he said? In all of this, I'm going to give you confidence in the Lord God. Mm. I like that. I like that. I like that. I was watching, I was watching, I was watching the NBA, NBA playoff uh, a, a few weeks ago. And, and, and I was pulling for the Spurs, and, but, but I noticed something. Whenever Miami Heat got behind, and, and, and whether it was 5 points, 15 points, 20 points, LeBron James said, give me the ball. Give me the ball. And when LeBron got the ball, when they were playing Indiana, when they were playing the other team, nobody could stop him. He just said, give me the ball. He had confidence in himself. All right, all right, all right. Uh, I, I can't talk about Romo. I don't mean to make anybody mad. But y'all remember Eggman and Starbuck and the Cowboys would be behind and it'd be a minute ago. Eggman said, give me the ball. And he had confidence in himself. He had confidence in his line. He had confidence in his receiver, uh, Starbuck would say when they were behind, give me the ball. And oftentimes Dallas would come back and win the game. What Habakkuk said, God is going to give you a confidence, a sheer confidence, a faith, a trust in God during difficult times. So when it comes, you got confidence. Come on, Satan. Come on, trial. Come on, trouble. And when we do it, we don't do it in our name, but we do it in the strong person name of Jesus Christ. I'm almost through. 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 I'm a maverick season ticket holder. And, and, and when I go to the games, I always go early. I always love to hear the introduction of the starting lineup. They have all the hoopla, and I love it. I, every time I go, they call the name. They call the center Samuel Dallenberg. He's not with us anymore. <laughs> then they call the guard. They say, Jose Calderon, Monte Ellis. At, at small forward is Sean Marion. And they go through all of the lineup, and there's a nice applause, and the people are getting excited. And by the time they get to the third person, the crowd start anticipating. They start getting loud. They start roaring. Then they call the fourth person, and it gets louder and louder. I know what's getting ready to happen, y'all. They're getting ready to now Dirk Nowitzki playing power forward. They haven't even gotten to his name yet. They haven't even called his name yet. But everybody's anticipating next they are going to introduce that seven-footer from Germany, Dirk Nowitzki. And when they call his name, but before they call it, everybody's excited. And when they hear the name, there's a roar like I never heard. All right, stay with me. Our strength is in the strong powerful, perfect name of Jesus Christ. I, I remember, I'm through now, this last thing, I remember before 9-11, you know, when you could go right up to the gate 
and you could meet whoever you were picking up at the airport. You remember those days? And my children, who were very young then, had just flown in from New York, and I picked them up, and it was, as we were walking to the baggage claim, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, you all got off the plane before anybody else got off the plane. And my daughter, Latasha, said, Wesley did it. So, oh, I get it, I get it, I get it. She said, Wesley did it. See, see uh, my name is Ronald D. Henderson. And I live at 2413 Mesa Trail, Plano, Texas. And my then, then 11-year-old son's name is Ronald Wesley Henderson. And he lives at 2413 Mesa Trail, Plano, Texas. I've been flying American Airlines for 30 years, so I'm platinum. So when my son got there and he gave him his ticket and they saw his name, Ronald Henderson, they upgraded him to platinum. And my daughter, who was flying with me, upgraded him to first class. Can you imagine that? This rascal's flying first class on my name. He hadn't ridden any miles. He hadn't, he hadn't paid for any tickets. He just showed up at the airport and used my name. He got on the plane before anybody, got off before anybody, sitting in leather seats, relented naked, and all he did was show up and use my name. Hey, hey, hey. That's what we do in the church. We just show up and use the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, how sweet the name. How great the name. Our confidence, our confidence is in the bright and morning star. Jesus is his name. And so there will be difficulty. There will be trials. There will be hard times. But there's a word from God to give us sure confidence during difficulty. Amen.